So, Joanne. Yes. What was it like working with your daughter to come up with this book? It was wonderful. It was just wonderful. We had um, divisions of labor to some extent. Um, I did the research, a lot of the research, and Ariel did a lot of the writing, but there was overlap. And um, we had different areas of interest that we brought into it. And it all, in the end, meshed and was was magnificent. I, I would I would do it again in a moment. <laughs> so the book is is beautiful. There are lots of colors. There are splash images and gatefold images of really great sort of, you know, oranges and blues and purples. And it's all coordinated and organized into sections. But on the front cover, uh, it asks a question that we've often heard people ask. It's, it's a set of questions. And it says, uh, why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green and the roses red? Let's, let's take them sort of one by one. Sure. Um, why, why is the sky blue? So, so I just want to say you've started with the hardest question by far. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's a it's question <laughs> that, um, that ha- has to do with physics. And it might be easier to start with the grass is green and the rose is red. Hey, take and it however then you we like. Can, then we can launch. And really, the grass being green and the rose being red is sort of like basically anything physical that you see around you wh- that has a color, which everything does that's visual. And what's so weird about color, there are two really weird things. So if you're looking at a red rose, the rose is actually absorbing every wavelength of light that is not red and then reflecting back to us the wavelength that we perceive as red. Seems like there's a lot of interesting, important words in there, specifically the word perceive. And and one of the things that I think I've been confused about with color, and I think many people might be confused about, is that we all perceive color somewhat differently. Is that is that correct? Yes. And even if you're not colorblind, you, we perceive things slightly differently. But the, the point, the, the thing that's most important is that you need to understand what we're seeing, we're only seeing after it's processed by our brains. Mm. It's not something physical per se. Right. And that's the thing we need to so, really remember. So these wavelengths of light are colorless until they hit our eyes and then our brain processes the information. So what we see is different from what a fish might see right. or a bird or an insect, et cetera. Right. And one thing that's, uh, that I wanted to, to bring up is that dogs famously don't see color. And they seem to get along okay in the world. <laughs> and they seem to have a charmed life, especially here in Portland. <laughs> but but then the big, that, what begs the question is, why do we need to see color at all? What's, what, what benefit does that, aside from the beauty of things, how does being able to perceive color help us as human beings? Well, it helps us to navigate the world in myriad, myriad ways. I mean, when we evolved as human beings, one of the first things we needed to do was figure out, for example, when fruit was ripe and it was something that we could eat and it wouldn't make us sick. And when a fruit became, an apple became red, it told you that it was okay to eat it. So very basic, essential part of life. And then we've gone on to design our world around us. So, for example, you know, we know when to stop and when to go because of uh, the color. We know what subway line to take. And, and, and let's, let's go back and talk about stopping and going. How did that 
evolve into who made that decision? I mean, I'm sure some <laughs> urban planner at some point, or you can talk about the people who invented uh, the streetlight. But what do you think it was instinctually that led us to make a choice that green should mean continue and red is I mean stop? Are, 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 do we perceive feelings associated with color? Well, the thing about red is that it's in contra- high contrast often to what is around, either blue sky or greenery or what have you. Whereas green is more, you know, fa- more camouflaged. So we need to stop, know when to stop much more than we know need to know when to go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I. I it's an interesting question. I actually don't know the exact history of the red and green light, and I am going to look it up as soon as we leave here to find out. But that are, we did learn a lot about, you know, what the 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 issue of contrast, et cetera. And I'm quite sure that that's probably in the um, origin of the red traffic light. Yeah, and the stop sign, of course, as well. What are we going to find when we? I mean, this book is beautiful, like I said before. When we open it up, um, what are we going to find? And when we're finished, what are we going to now know? <laughs> well, we organize the book into chapters that are interspersed. So one one section is all the hues of the spectrum. So there's a red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and violet. And interspersed with the hue, what we call the hue chapters, are the science, history, and culture chapters. So we start with the physics and chemistry of color. Then we do the universe. We do earth. We do uh, flora. We do animals. And we do humans. And as we started researching, we saw that there was more and more information that was very important for people to know and to understand and, and have an overview of color. And those were the topics we felt would give people a rounded education about how important color is, not only to human beings, but all living things. There's sort of two reactions. One is that people love the visuals of the book. And and that was also something that we worked on together that was so fun was the photo research. Because there's a lot of sort of um, there's a lot of difficult information in the book, and the whole idea was was to use the photography, and there's a lot of infographics as well to give visual cues to help you understand the you know the science and culture stuff that's a little deeper. Um, so people love the visuals of the book, but mostly the pe- the feeling people have when they come away is like, wow. I never realized that. You know, like those kind of books. Aha moments. You know, it's sort of, we felt this way as we were writing the book. We were like, this rocks our world. Mm. Like, we now go outside and we see something different than we ever saw before. What's something that um, you had a perception about, but then did the research, learned about, and then found out was just completely wrong? (laughs) A bull is colorblind. Right. It's red-green colorblind. Right. It doesn't see red and green. So what do you think that idea even came from? Well, I think it's—we think it's about—the bull gets angry when it sees the cloth moving. Hmm. It doesn't—the color of the cloth is not the issue. The Hmm. color of the cloth is for us to watch because it's so elegant and beautiful to see that red waving silk cloth. So we want the bull to be 
somehow angered by the red because it right. stimulates us. It's more related exactly. to us than anything. Exactly. It, it would stimulate us, uh, but not them. What about some other common misconceptions about color that you guys have encountered? Okay, so one of my favorite, it's not a misconception, but it's something that is just an expression that you wouldn't think was actually true. So the grass really is greener on the other side of the fence. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so explain that one. What is that? How does that work out? Well, how it works out is you're on one side of the fence. Okay, here's the fence right here. You're on one side. Uh -huh. You're looking out at the looking grass that's the grass, greener. Right. However, if you look down at the grass that's below you, you can see it in much more detail. You can see the mud. You can see the pebbles. You might even see a gum wrapper. But because you're having a different angle of vision, when you look across at a field of grass, it all seems green. Because you can't see the other you can't sort of see interstitial The detritus elements. and whatever else is there. <laughs> and here's another good one. The sky is actually violet. And not blue, but we have very little um, sensitivity to violet light, hmm. um, and we have more sensitivity to blue light. So we're seeing more of the blue wavelengths of light up in the sky than the violet. But if we had better color vision, it would look violet. What about in terms of social things? Like there are different people, different races, different cultures. How does color impact how we perceive individuals who might have darker skin or lighter skin. Obviously, right. there are divisions throughout history that have occurred. Do you think there are any um, inherent uh, human reactions to color that might impact our ability to get along? Well, I just want to say a couple things about I think this is such a interesting topic. So one thing is, for people who don't know, skin color is determined by one and only one pigment, which In is everyone. melanin. Hmm. Everyone. Everyone. No matter so what color you are. There's, there is no actual, uh, you know, the, the, the difference between us is just about more or less melanin or there are subkinds of melanin, but it's all the same. And, um, of course, it has to do with, uh, you know, where we originally came from mm. and the intensity of the sun and all this kind of thing. Right. Um, so, but what's really interesting, um, there's someone who's done recent studies about skin color, which shows that if you have the same skin color as someone else, you can tell things about their mood and uh, that you can't tell of someone with a different skin color because you can see very fine changes in hmm. color because you're used to looking you at that kind of them. skin. Right. So that, you know, th that's a, to me, makes me feel a little bit better about the way that we negatively view skin differences. Interesting. No, I see. Because it's like you just, you know what you know. Right. And like that, the fact that you can see, like he talks about, if you have a baby and the baby is slightly bluer than normal, you would know that there was something wrong. Ah. They're not getting enough oxygen or yellower and there's something. They're jaundiced. Know, yeah, right. exactly. Right. Something like that. Whereas if you looked at a child who was lighter or darker skinned, you might not be able to pick that up because you don't know those skin changes. Interesting. So there's a there's a scientific sort of uh, health implications there. But also I, I like this idea that the reason why we might misunderstand each other exactly. on a simple communication basis yeah. might be just because we can't see subtle variations in someone's facial expression. That's exactly right. And I just think that is like, there. I feel like there's something that can be done about that. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> like, we need to get better lighting in the world. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> everyone okay. has to hold a candle under <laughs> your, everyone under your face. 